In America, over 38.1 million are living in poverty, with 56% of them being women. And as women age, many more of them become in danger of entering the poverty zone. Add to this the economic impacts of the COVID pandemic and the situation of older women in poverty becomes critical. Greetings again. I'm Adam Morgan. The issue of older women in poverty and what can be done to better support them was an important workshop at the National Conference of the American Society on Aging. On this edition, we learn more of the drivers of women in the poverty and what policy decisions can be done to minimize the risk of more of them falling into poverty as they age. Our guests are Amber Christ, Aisha Atkins, and we begin with, from the organization Justice in Aging, their managing attorney, Tracy Groninger. The first one I wanted to touch on is income inequality. Um, we all hear about how women make about 80 cents um, for every dollar that a white man makes. Um, and that figure is even worse for women of color, where we see for women of color, it's more like 60 cents for every dollar that a white man makes. And we see that these are um, in jobs that women perform predominantly. So you'll see that there's um, an inherent sexism where jobs that are predominantly held by women are valued less and the income that they receive is lower than in jobs that are held predominantly by men. We also see even within jobs, sex discrimination where women are paid less for the same job that men are doing. And so all of these different kind of ways that women are paid less lead to this real um, income inequality that we see women experiencing over the course of their careers. The second driver I wanted to touch on is low paying work. Um, and currently the minimum wage is $7.25 an hour, which is ridiculously low. And I know some people have seen um, advocacy for creating at least a $15 minimum wage, but we're looking at um, wages where people are struggling to make ends meet. And as Amber is saying, it's not, you know, that very poverty subsistence level of income that people need. They really need um, something more to be able to be economically secure. But when we look at low wage work, and for this, it's defined as $12 an hour or less, we see that women are actually holding um, over 60% of the low wage jobs. So women are the ones who are the predominant um, people in these low wage jobs. And for tipped workers who can make even less, that can be as low as $2.13 an hour. We see that more than two thirds of tipped workers are women. Um, and we look at you know, how women are in these jobs and then looking at women of color, they're disproportionately in these low wage jobs. And so this low paying work means that women don't have enough money to pay for all of those kind of essentials, the shelter, food, daycare, clothes, like all of those pieces. And so then of course they have a much lower chance or opportunity to save money to save money for the current emergencies, but then also to save money for their retirement in the future, which leads to the third driver that I wanted to touch on, which is lower retirement income. Women generally have lower average retirement savings than men. Um, some of the last figures I saw showed for single women versus single men that single women had about 
$34,000 average savings versus $62,000 for single men. Um, and for women of color, it's even less. And so you see that because women are dealing with the inability to save money over the course of their earlier career and as they're getting into the middle part of their career, it then makes it much more difficult for them to have sufficient money for when they reach retirement age and they're less able to work or they have other commitments or things that they need to focus on and are therefore unable to continue um, to take make an income. And so they have to deal with the lower retirement. And sometimes this means people working in situations where they shouldn't be or it's unhealthy for them to do so, but they have no other options if they need to make a living and to need to make ends meet. The fourth driver that I wanted to touch on is um, racial and ethnic inequities. And really it's the effects of this systemic racism in all of the areas that I've already talked about in addition to other areas of our society. I mean, it's compounding from so many different pieces that lead to people of color and older adult women of color having less income, less savings, lower like health. There are just all of these things that happen that then lead to a much higher likelihood of them aging into poverty. And as Amber touched on, we see poverty rates for women of color that are twice that of white women. And so it's something that is really important to identify and acknowledge and address because you really are seeing a real disproportionate impact on older adult women of color. The next driver that I wanted to speak about really quickly is uh, societal events. Current one is COVID and it's had a really negative impact on older adults in general. Um, we have seen unemployment for older adults that is higher than Ever before, the unemployment rates for older adults reached the highest on record at 7.5%. Um, it's been especially difficult for older adults. So to the extent that they left the workforce because of COVID and for their own health and safety, um, returning to the workforce now is proving to be uh, very difficult. And again, this kind of leads right back to the problem of not having enough income, not having enough savings, people who are already in that latter stage of their career near the end, having difficulty saving so that they don't have enough for retirement. And so we really see kind of these negative compounding effects. And for people who are older adults, you know, there's not extra time for them to make up for lost income or to try to find employment and stay in the workforce a little longer because they're already kind of nearing the end and it's difficult to, to do that. Similarly, we saw the same thing happening with the Great Recession where a lot of people lost most of the wealth that they had been saving in their homes, in the stock market, all of this wealth that suddenly disappeared and that they didn't have time to kind of get back. And so these societal events can be really difficult for older adults to deal with. And older adult women of color have had kind of a brunt of the brunt of the, the problems with that. Um, another piece of the COVID picture that relates to younger women is that um, they left the workforce in, in droves, not because they wanted to oftentimes, but because of the lack of childcare and the inability to do 
two different jobs. And so people who were working but then had no school for their children and no daycare options for their children were forced out of the workforce. And in, I have a stat, in September of 2020, 1.1 million workers left the workforce. And the percentage of those workers who were women was 80% which is just shocking and should be a wake-up call to how important it is to have kind of support for the women who were forced out of the out of the workforce and who were forced to take less income and have less security as they were trying to um, deal with this pandemic. And then the last thing that I wanted to touch on was financial exploitation. Um, and this is one that I think sometimes people think, oh, well, this isn't a huge deal. If you don't have a lot of money, then how can you be scammed? And I think it's it's actually the opposite, that people don't have a lot of money, but there's still money to be stolen and there's still money to be taken. And oftentimes in communities where there isn't a great deal of wealth, if someone can come into that situation and appear to be someone who either has ties to the community or cares about the community and takes time to um, kind of engage with people, it can be a real detrimental, it can be detrimental for multiple people in the community because those people can then take um, a lot of the wealth out of out of that community. And older women of color are um, particularly likely to be targeted for predatory lending because we see that a lot of older women of color have a lot of their wealth uh, within their homes. And this is just true also in communities of color that having a home and home equity is something that is a common way to keep wealth, any wealth that you have available. And so you'll see people targeted for um, refinancing scams or unnecessary home modifications, subprime loans, all sorts of scams like that. And um, people lack the resources or the assistance to help them understand, you know, what could or couldn't be a scam? What should they do? How can they um, make good decisions in terms of of, you know, where to invest it or not. Um, And so, you know, the people, as I said, who are in those communities pretending to be um, people who care are often the people who are, who can find um, an easier time uh, taking the money out of those communities instead. These are among the drivers that can force older women into poverty. However, there are some supports that are present. Highlighting a few is Aisha Atkins. Expanding and improving critical programs that older adults uh, depend on. And so Social Security, I think, is probably the biggest one. It's the biggest anti-poverty program for older adults, lifting over 9 million Um, women out of poverty, older adult women, um, and 15 million older adults in general out of poverty. Um, If we did not have Social Security, we would see poverty rates for older adults in the 40 to 50 percent range. Um, And so it's a really important program, but it is also a program that needs to be shored up. It needs to be expanded. Um, It needs to address the current situation that we see where people are depending on Social Security as their primary means of support. Uh, And the related program of supplemental security income is another really critical program for people who are very low income and who don't 
have even sufficient social security benefits to meet their needs, um, SSI, Supplemental Security Income, is the program that adults can turn to to help them meet their needs, but it updated for decades. So we see some really old provisions um, that are like 30 plus 40 years old uh, that mean that people who should be eligible for benefits aren't. And so we need to really modernize that program so that we don't have people who are utilizing it and then still living below poverty levels because the benefits and that are available are insufficient. So we should be looking at that uh, first and foremost, I think uh, another piece of that is that specifically for older adult women, they are relying on these programs the most. So Social Security has uh, more than half of its beneficiaries um, being women and SSI similarly for uh, women over 65, about two thirds of the recipients are women. So, you know, fixing these programs and improving these programs are going to directly affect the lives of older adult women. We also need to make sure that related to the social security system that we are providing sufficient funding to the agency that administers it. So um, the social security administration needs to have enough funding to be able to provide the support and assistance to potential beneficiaries because we are seeing, you know, people not being able to access the benefits right now during covid SSA offices are closed, which is a huge problem. We're seeing SSI applications from older adults um, really significantly going down. And so we need to acknowledge that the funding to support the agency needs to be there in order for people to access the programs as well. Another thing I think we need to do is look at other programs that older adults are utilizing. So SNAP um, and LIHEAP, for example, which provides energy assistance. We can expand the earned income tax credit to encompass older adults. Uh, women are the vast majority of household. Women head up the majority of households that are using uh, Section 202 housing for older adults, um, Section 8 vouchers. We're living in public housing. And so addressing this, again, is addressing the things that are important to older adult women. Uh, we need to increase funding and create more affordable housing because there really is not enough right now. Um, and there is, there have been proposals and President Biden has proposed budgets that would increase HUD's budget that would improve, increase assistance to programs like um, the housing voucher program and really invest money into these programs so that we can create more affordable housing and really increase the supply to people who are having trouble um, making ends meet and living in a place that is both accessible and affordable. Women, a totally instrumental pillar to America's societal infrastructure, Providing the support they require to keep as many of them out of poverty is an absolute necessity. We thank the American Society on Aging for their support and assistance with this edition. I'm Adam Morgan. Do keep in touch. Get your vaccine for your better health. Still mask up and keep your spacing when going out. And we do thank you for sharing a few moments of your weekend with us.